Welcome to episode 17 of Around the League. Some notable players that have worn number 17 in the past. Uh, bowling great, Andrew Bynum. Uh, Raptors legend, Jeremy Lin. And another Raptors legend, JV. You know, so um, yeah, welcome guys. Uh, it's your boy Tuan, joined by my good friend, co-host Nav. What's going on, baby? Not much, man. Nothing like finishing work and recording a podcast at work. <laughs> like uh, like the legend Alan Iverson said, I live here. <laughs> How you been, man? What's going on? Haven't been uh, haven't talked to you in a while, so what's going on? Not much. Been busy. Like work's been busy. Um, busy on the weekends, weddings, COVID weddings. How, how are those? Small, small yeah. group gatherings. <laughs> but the one we went to on Friday, like even Dayon would tell you, yeah. it was a great time. Benny was awesome. They did a good job uh, keeping things on point, keeping things safe. Um, now it's getting cold outside, so hitting the golf simulator quite a bit. It's golf simulator season. Got a men's league starting on Monday. Oh, men's league? Yeah. Are you playing at room? No, at uh, golf play in, oh. in Kitchener. Oh, you're playing a, like a, really? Oh, that's sick. Yeah, man. Okay, sorry, I thought you meant like basketball. But, uh, I actually saw a movie on Saturday Saturday that made me, that reminded me of you. It's called, uh, it was called Unbanned. And it was on Crave, so it might be through HBO or something, but it's yeah. about the, the first Jordan. And it was about like the cultural cultural significance of the shoe. Oh, the ones? And, and yeah, and the economic significant significance of it too. Um, they touched on a lot of that in The Last Dance, yeah. but this had like Mark Wahlberg, Adam Silver, David Stern, um, and a bunch of players. And just talking about how this shoe is so significant, you got to see it. Did, did they talk about how Adidas messed up pretty hard on, on like the deal and negotiations with Jordan? Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, Adidas references. Yeah. And I think they had some execs from, former executives from Adidas on it too. Had a lot of executives from Nike on it. So like... The production was on point. The The cast was on point. I'm surprised that I hadn't heard of it. Is it I was just flipping through channels and I saw it. Unbanned? It's called Unbanned. Or maybe it's called Banned. Okay. But oh, because like he, cause he wasn't allowed to wear his shoe. He wasn't allowed to wear the, the court, shoe. And they got like fined for wearing it until like the until the uh, season afterwards, right? But the crazy thing was, and I didn't realize this, was that Nike signed this guy before he even played an NBA game. They gave him a signature shoe in a product line before he even played an NBA game. Yeah, if you if you uh, read the um, Phil Knight uh, autobiography, he meant well. They, they they mentioned like yeah, they kind of risked it all on on Jordan because again they were competing against such a giant in Adidas, and they just needed that one guy to take them over the top, and they found they found him like Nike. Uh, attributes a lot of their success, obviously, to, to Jordan and the Jordan brand and yeah. everything. So, yeah, that's a big, big blunder in Adidas history, and everyone there knows for sure, especially after the last dance. Well, they said that the Jordan shoe, like in, in urban cities and within inner city youth and stuff like that, people didn't associate shoes with athletes or didn't associate fashion with athletes. Mm -hmm. And Jordan shoes bridge that gap. Which I found to be pretty cool because before Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, um, Isaiah Thomas, a lot of these guys, they were wearing Converse and they were all wearing the same shoe. Yeah. yeah. And when Converse made the pitch to Jordan, they were basically like, well, you can join, you know, these group of guys, you can join these legends. But it was Jordan's dad that sort of had a big, bigger vision. And so when Nike did the pitch, 
it wasn't about you know who you're joining it was about who you're going to become and what you're going to yeah. influence so the fact that they had that foresight yeah because crazy adidas the like their art i guess the most famous shoe is like the superstar and that was uh initially a basketball shoe so like a cream of bar all the guys from the 70s would wear that shoe and that was like a shoe honestly i could i can't even imagine wearing that shoe playing outdoors even indoors right now it would kill your ankles terrible like midsole it's just like a classic classic shoe but i don't know how it originated from like a basketball shoe uh, but yeah like like you said like the converses the superstars they were kind of just those low-cut basketball shoes that everyone wore but then yeah the jordan ones came out and then i think rest, uh, the rest is history yeah and the black and red and they got this image yeah. of his team walking to the bench his whole team's wearing white shoes. And then you got Jordan wearing the black and reds matching the matching the jersey. Yeah, that's sick. That's sick. Yeah, you got to check it out. All right, well, um, let's jump into the, the finals. You, you know, we were hoping to do a preview uh, before, but we, didn't, uh, we couldn't make any time. So it is game four uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Lakers are up 2-1. Um, they won the first two games pretty convincingly and then the heat uh being down uh two of their main guys out of bio and drag or yeah dragic uh were able to just jump on jimmy shoulder and jimmy shoulders and uh come out with a huge huge game three win so um what have been your thoughts on the first first three games and where do you see the series going in the next uh few games well, unfortunate is the first thing that comes to mind, um, you know, after the first two games, because, you know, you never want injuries in the finals. And, you know, as Raptor fans, we saw it last year with Golden State, no matter how much you were rooting for the Raptors, I remember, like, I really couldn't get over Kevin, Kevin Durant's injury mm-hmm. for, like, at least a quarter. Like, it felt really shitty to see him go down like that. And same with Clay Thompson, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Goran Dragic was really hitting his stride in the playoffs. He sort of replaced Ke- Kendrick Nunn who fell out of the rotation. Goran Dragic started getting minutes, started playing super well. Yeah. And to see him go down with that uh, plantar, that fasciitis yeah. injury with the foot, you know, those are long-term nagging injuries. And so I thought he would have been super influential in this series because he he leads the offense. He's good at running that early offense. He keeps them playing at a pace that is, um, you know, at that fast pace that they need especially with a team like um, like the Lakers who have so many bigs that if they get you in the half-court set, they're really hard to play, right? Yeah, good point. Um, and then, bam. Like, the one thing that I realized in this series, I was going through some of the statistics, the Lakers are out-rebounding the Miami Heat on the offensive glass 38-15. to 15, Huge. Which is huge. Huge. Second-chance opportunities, right? They're just getting killed on the O-glass. So you, I don't think Bam would have solved the problem but he definitely would have helped um bring some aggressiveness to uh the offensive glass against like you know dwight and those guys yeah with with bam being out they have to bring in like Derek jones uh, and um kelly olenic again those they're super contrasting players uh but olenic's been playing pretty well uh, on on the offensive side obviously Uh, and he's a great playmaker too he's very similar to bam in the sense that he is able to um, create for his teammates off the bounce or just a smart player to you know make that hockey assist um, whenever uh, but his shooting definitely has helped that team especially in game three 
Uh, I think he scored like 16, 17, and he scored like 22, 23 in game two when um, when Bam uh, was out. So it's a different, definitely a different look for that team with Olenek kind of just hovering around the three-point line, whereas Bam, you usually have him in like the high post, let him facilitate there, either you know attack off the dribble or make a play from that high post area. So um, I heard that he's a game-time decision. Same with Dragic. I know um, like recent reports were saying that he was out for the series, but he's going to try to warm up uh, before the game today to see if uh, he's able to play. Interesting. Because, yeah, they're actually starting Myers Leonard for Bam, eh? Yeah. Who yeah. didn't play. He played one game in the postseason, and that was game three. Yeah, <laughs> that was they, his first game in the playoffs. Yeah, they just need... Well, he's probably the biggest body that's available, right? And they got JaVale, they got Dwight starting at center. Dwight's been playing really well. I think he's fe- kind of found his little like role there where he just needs to be a rebounder be a guy to finish at the rim uh, and they're a huge team they're really big and yeah it's gonna be tough for the Heat to be able to uh, I think squeak out game four depending on even if Dragic and Adebayo come out to play because they need another big performance from from Butler and game three was um, definitely a different style of play that they had to just, just rely on that on his on his scoring, what he had a forty point triple double, and I don't think he shoot he. I don't think he shot a three. No, he didn't shoot a three. Everything was in. No, everything was, <laughs> everything in the, was inside the three point yeah, line. He, he was just looking for the switch, getting KCP or like Danny Green on him, and he would just get them in the post and fade away or just get easy looks um, inside. So, especially for a team that is dependent on like four or five guys to score, you know, like fifteen points, get everyone involved. It's funny that they actually won. Um, playing a different style than they than they've been accustomed to all playoffs or yeah all the playoffs long. Yeah, well, hopefully they can get some more team production and you know Jimmy helped them get through that hump. But holy shit, man, this guy had a forty point triple double, and I think only what four players in NBA history have done that before. Yeah, Jimmy Butler now being one of them. It was like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and like Jerry West. Jerry West. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Pretty insane. Like it was actually a. Crazy to watch him will his team because he was making everything. He was making a lot of difficult shots. Jimmy Butler, Chris Cavallis, the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers. <laughs> For all my SGM boys. Yeah, SGM boys, that's that's hilarious. Uh... <laughs> but it was like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Man, this guy was hitting everything. But the, the other thing, too, is the Miami zone. They've been playing zone pretty much all regular season. Uh, been playing zone all playoffs. It worked really well against the Celtics. And the Lakers have just been picking it apart because they got to keep them honest at the three-point line, right? Like, the Lakers are hitting their threes. So, I mean, if the Lakers have a normal shooting night um, or a bit under and Miami can find some guys to contribute on the offensive end, um, it could definitely be a ball game. Yeah, with with game three, um, AD did not play well at all. He was very, like... I don't know, he was just, he got in foul trouble, so he wasn't being as aggressive. And I, He still shot six for nine, but had 15 points, five rebounds. Um, like if you had told, like if I told you that Kuzma and Morris would have 19 each and they, they, they would combine for 38 points, you would say, yeah, Lakers win by 20 plus. 
but AD yeah got into foul trouble. LeBron had eight turnovers. I think they had like ten turnovers within like the first like eight minutes of the game. So they were down early. They they were able they were able to take the lead. I believe uh, early second half, but then yeah, and then Jimmy Butler happened. So they just got to play a little better uh, early on and get a get a like, comfortable lead because if their threes aren't hitting with KCP or Danny Green or Caruso or Kuzma, any of those guys, those guys are super streaky shooters. And if you're not able to get that third guy to give you, let's say, 15, 20 points, then it's going to be tough for the Lakers to uh, to, get, to get, win game four. I'm just thinking about what you just said, and it, it's driving, it kind of blows my mind. You said KCP, Caruso, Danny Green, and Kuzma. Like, think about those four names that you just mentioned, and we're talking about them as significant contributors in an NBA Finals. Like, that says so much about the Lakers. Like, as much as, you know, as a sports hater, like, uh, you know, I'm probably anti-Lakers as a sports fan. Not a big fan of the organization. Not a big fan of, you know, all their accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a Raptor fan. And the fact that they're being led by, you know, an AD and LeBron team, and they've gotten to this point is says so much about how hard that team must be working. Yeah, it, yeah. It just goes to show how like valuable and incredible LeBron James is. And I honestly, I hate to say it as well as a Raptors fans, and we as Raptors fans, and we even had to endure countless LeBron games where you know it'll do like a fadeaway to off the backboard to clinch, you know, basically the series. Killing, sweeping us in the Eastern Conference or the second round, losing to him in six games and getting blown out in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like we've had to go through LeBron, and we're never we're ne- never able to get past him until he left to go to the Lakers, right? So we've experienced it, we've seen it firsthand. It's still pretty incredible to watch him be pr- as productive as he is. Like a guy that's what his seventeenth year in the league. And we, we like to troll him. We like to, like, obviously, like, just joke around with all the social media stuff. But 17th year, this guy's second in league MVP voting. He could p- potentially win a finals MVP if they do end up winning the championship. And depending on what how the votes go, you know, it's going to be obviously between him and AD. And if AD has another stinker somewhere between now and the, the last game, um, LeBron might be able to win another finals MVP so yeah it's crazy like LeBron could take the Brady Bunch to the finals you know what I mean yes he has and in, in this case he's got another super like duper star you know he's got a top three player top five player in in um, Anthony Davis so and the nice thing about the way they complement each other is that you know with Dwayne Wade back in Miami you know Dwayne would need touches Dwayne's touches would take away from LeBron's touches you know they both played sort of that guard spot that wing mm-hmm. spot yeah. where with Anthony Davis they stylistically they complement each other so well because they're completely they're two completely different positions yeah yeah and like you said or sorry it's just like mentioning how LeBron could take the pretty much the finals it's just remember when in I think 07 when he took the, the very first Cavs team to the finals against the Spurs and they got swept but like Think of that. Think about that team. They got like Booby Gibson. They got Sasha Pavlovich. They got Zajunas Ogalskis, Drew Gooden. Like they didn't have a second All Star, and he still was able to take that team to the to the finals. 
even the team where they had Kyrie and Kevin Love both got injured before the finals and he took that te- that team to or the Golden State Warriors to six games even um, the year without Kyrie when they beat uh, the Raptors who were the number one seed swept them and then beat the Boston Celtics I believe to make it to the finals got swept but still like pretty incredible to just witness this guy just carry a bunch of like no nobodies and no names to NBA Finals, right? So, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I look back. I was actually listening to uh, Wendy talk about this, and he basically alluded to the fact that the Lakers might have given up a little more than they needed to for Anthony Davis. Yeah, they gave up a lot. They did. And I remember even at the time when they made that trade, I thought they gave up too much. And I was actually like, all right, New Orleans actually won this trade. Because you pair that group up with Zion, you have like a really young up and coming team, yeah. which they do. Yeah. But it just, it, like you said earlier, it, it just, it just alludes to the fact that all you need is that superstar by any means necessary. Yeah. If you win a championship, it doesn't matter what no, you give up. It doesn't matter at all. It's like the um, Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins trade when LeBron rejoined the Cavs, and then the Cavs had won the the first overall pick. And I think he like wrote like a letter, or I think it was an interview where he just um, basically didn't mention Wiggins' name at all because I think it was in the works already that they were going to trade too. trade him away for some support or just for another piece. And that's when they got Kevin Love. Mm. And people were saying like, "Oh, that's a bad trade for the Cavs." You know, Kevin Love's you know just not going to be like a stylistic fit. And then they won a championship, so it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if Andrew Wiggins is a perennial superstar and he isn't but you know it doesn't really matter at all because they won that championship after what 50 plus years of just terrible luck with the 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 cat or the cleveland sports sports fans so yeah it doesn't matter at all no it doesn't actually a narrative that i really like about these finals too um i don't think i would have liked the boston lakers series as much as i like this one because um when you look at the history with Miami and LeBron, you know, this is a team that, I forget, they drafted Shabazz Napier because LeBron said <laughs> that he wanted Shabazz Napier. And then they made all these other trades thinking that he was going to come back. He blindsides them, goes mm-hmm. to Cleveland. Yeah. Pat Riley comes out, says, you know, winning championships are hard. you got to stick with your team. Yeah. Taking subtle shots at LeBron. Um, and here they are now in the finals. Miami's gone through a lot in terms of roster composition to get to the point that they are now. And the fact that you know, they went all in on player development. They went all in on the draft. And uh, look, it got, to, got them to this point, which is pretty, you know, hats off to them. And I, I know for a fact Pat Riley wants this so oh, bad, you know. Sure. Obviously, anyone wants a championship, but this is something definitely a little bit more dear to their heart. Yeah, if you, if you take a step back and look at their roster from like two years ago. They missed the playoffs last year uh, in D-Wade's last year. But I think it was like two years ago when they signed Kelly to that big deal, to the five-year, like 50 mil contract. James Johnson signed a big deal. Deion Waiters. Where is I think he's in James Memphis. Right I think now. he's in Memphis. I think he was part of the um, Crowder trade, Crowder and Iggy trade. But they, they signed Deion Waiters. Uh, yeah, they had like Hassan Whiteside. They just had a bunch of these like knuckleheads on their team and they just signed them to big deals. And legit, I thought they were in trouble for 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 a while. You would have thought um, they were going to be in like cap hell. Yeah, but 
just the last two, like, yeah, during the same period, they were able to get Bam, a late first, uh, first round pick. Hero, I believe, was the 11th pick. Uh, Duncan Robinson, an undrafted um, player from the G League. Um, and those three guys are the core foundation of that team now. And then they were able to basically get the signature player in Butler in the offseason. And it's just pretty miraculous that they've been able to gel um, this well. And I think, obviously, the combination of the bubble and not having... And two, Dragic. We can't forget about yeah, Dragic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and, Dragic. You know, yeah, someone him. that they traded, I believe, two first-round picks for him. And they got some... Like, there was a bunch of scrutiny or, like, criticism on because of that deal. And he was on the trading block this year. Like yeah. he was, they were definitely fielding calls for Dragic before the playoffs. He yeah, was he, an available player. He played well early, um, in, I believe like 2017, 2018 was when he was an All Star, and I think they traded they traded the, the draft assets for him because um, Chris Bosh was on the team and they had Dwayne Wade and like okay, well we want to pair those two guys up with like another legitimate starter. So that's when they kind of went all in with Dragic. Then Bosh has the blood clot uh, and that hurt their team a lot obviously because he's uh, he was a cornerstone of that team he was going to be the face of that franchise uh, after LeBron left so unfortunate for him with, with all those issues but yeah the, the, that Dragic acquisition and him just being like a foundational player for them and again he he was an all-star and I think He's their leading scorer. Yeah, he's yeah he's at like twenty points, like nineteen, which something. is insane. He's their leading scorer. They're missing their leading yeah. scorer right now. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's and he's been clutch. He's been clutch. Like he's making huge shots. I guess especially against the the Celtics when they had like pick and rolls and they had Tice on him, he would make like pretty insane shots late in the fourth, like a step back three on him, and just his floating like floaters are pure money. He's and, experienced. Yeah, he's experienced. Yeah, he's, he's experienced. He's played under Nash for so many years. And I forget who who was. I th- I think it was um, All the Smoke podcast when they were asking um, one of the guys who, like, who was the first player to, like, really, like, mess you up in your rookie year. And I think De'Aaron Fox said it was Gordon Dragic. Uh, this guy just, like, took him to school. And just kind of showed him what it was all about, you know, because he was under the Steve Nash tutelage for some time. He was under, like, in his shadows for a few years, probably a few years longer than um, he needed to be. But I think a lot of that is showing, especially now, um, how good of a player he is. I think we kind of take it for granted because in the NBA, you're not going to be able to get all the points, get all, like, the highlights. But when he plays for, like, Team Slovenia, Played with Luka Doncic, they won. Uh, was it the Euro? I think it was the Euro, like the Euro equivalent of the champion, like World Championships, and they won that. So that was huge for them. Um, so I think you know, glad that he's getting the recognition and the appreciation that he deserves. Um, and he's a he's a really good player. And obviously, that's unfortunate for them that they weren't able to uh, field him for the last few games. But hopefully, he can play today or play sometime. Um, in the remaining few games in the finals. Yeah, because empty-handed is probably an understatement if you think about how significant those two guys are for Miami. And it just kind of sucks because the bubble playoffs were going so well. Mm-hmm. They still are, uh, but they were exciting. You know, there's a lot of narratives to come out of it. 
and to have sort of a limpy Miami team is just sort of unfortunate because they're one of the bright spots of the playoffs, obviously, right? They got to this point. Yeah. Just sucks seeing them go down like that. Well, yeah, they, they still have a chance. Some, like if, if, there's, if there's another big game, either from Butler or they get two, three guys that can rip off 20-plus 20, 20 and the Lakers aren't able to make the threes and AD isn't playing up to his standards. Because I know LeBron's going to give you 30 points, you know, probably a rebound or a assist shy or a, a triple-double. And he's going to be the constant in the whole thing. It's just... Are any of those guys, the four guys that we mentioned, um, are they going to be able to knock down shots? Are they going to be able to um, run off screens to affect Butler or, sorry, uh, Robinson or Hero? So those are kind of things that you they're going to be watching out for tonight. Uh, but I have the Lakers obviously winning. They just they have just too much firepower, and the Heat are a little bit injury, injured right now. But again. If they can tie it two-two, then it's just a best out of three. And if AD gets hurt, or LeBron gets hurt, someone gets hurt, it could totally change the landscape of the of the series. Yeah, man. Nine p.m. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, tuning in. Yeah. So we can just wrap it up. Uh, well, I have a question for you. Sure. Coaching hire Doc Rivers. What do you think? I'm not a fan. Not a know. fan. I'm not, I'm not a, fan. a fan either. I'm not. I'm Aren't not you that a, big fan? a fan? I just. I don't know. Like it's a little bit of both. I just don't think he's that great of a coach. I think he's like a little bit overrated as a as a head coach. Obviously, he won the championship with the Celtics in '08, and he's been kind of riding that for a while now. He hasn't been able to get the Clippers to the the Western Conference Finals, even with CP, with Blake, um, with uh, jo- like DeAndre Jordan, they weren't able, they were they always fell short of where they should have been. And, and now this team too, like he, he just hasn't been able to get the most out of the guys um, at all. And the roster composition of the 76ers, I just don't like, like they have dead weight money on Al Horford, on Tobias Harris. I think the only benefit from hiring him is that Tobias Harris might be able to get things going again because he played uh, his best basketball under Doc Rivers when he was with Clippers. Um, Maybe he ran some uh, Paul Pierce sets for Tobias <laughs> Harris like he did for Kawhi. <laughs> no, I, I, agree, I agree with you. Go on. Yeah, and I just I don't like the pairing of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think they need to make a trade um, for, like, for one of those guys and get more shooting or just figure something out because that team just isn't isn't um yeah just isn't good enough to to even win in the east i know they were heavy favorites going into this year but they were never never able to get it together and right i don't think you know coaching is going to change a lot of that it's just the personnel on the team um who you put those main guys around um, is going to be a huge thing, but you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words if he's able to, uh, you know, game plan and have some sort of strategy up his sleeve to, to get the most out of those two, two big uh, superstars. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if you're Alton Brand and you're making or you're doing the interview with Doc Rivers, you're obviously saying that we have a team that's comprised with all this talent, and we want to hire you to be that guy to manage this talent. My concern with that is that Doc Rivers has shown 
with so many different teams, mm-hmm. with so many different talented rosters, that he hasn't been able to do that. So my concern is that you're lo- you just hired a coach that is proven to not ma- manage talent effectively. And I think that if you're an exec with the 76ers, you're probably thinking that, well, we just need a coach to bring Simmons and Embiid together. We need a coach that's going to sort of unite them and and connect them. Yeah. He wasn't able to do that for, what, six years with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin? Yeah. It's, it's well documented that they hated each other. It's well documented that the reason why they were never able to win a championship is because uh, they weren't able to figure it out. Yeah. And obviously, the coach is supposed to be instrumental in that, right? For sure. Figuring out a way to bring players together. The Sixers actually kind of remind me of those Clippers teams back in the day. They're... Well, maybe not because J.J. Reddick's not on that team anymore. I thought of J.J., but they have the point guard. They have the center. um, And they have a decent supporting cast with Tobias Harris and and the Mm. other guys, right? Yeah. Um, I just... History would tell me that he's not going to be able to pull this thing off. But like you said, maybe we'll eat our words. I'm just... Man, thinking about the teams that he's coached, has there been a luckier coach to, to be able to play or a coach with so much talent? Like Go back when to he was Orlando. in Orlando when he was with T-Mac and he was never able to get that team in the playoffs, even with a prime T-Mac, a guy that's the scoring leader, um, you know, he's going to make, he's basically the the older version of KD. It's like having KD on your team and you're not being able to make the playoffs in in the Eastern Conference. So think about that. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go down and, and try to like drill down into the players that he had, but I'm just thinking your cornerstone is T-Mac. Prime team, Mac. You're not able to even make the make an eight seed in the East, and then he locks out with the the big three in in Boston with KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Have a young Rondo. Have Kendrick Perkins, and you only win one. I know KG was injured for the second Finals run against the Lakers, but they weren't able to uh, you know win more than one. And every series. Um, in their playoff run to to eventually be the championship champions was tough. Like they had Atlanta in the first uh, round, they went to seven. Yeah, and then I I forget like the Bulls or I think it was the Bulls in Atlanta or something. But every series up to the finals was up to seven, so it was never an easy easy series for them. So they had to fight really hard, um, and that obviously attributed to KG being hurt when you play so many games of the regular season. So many games in the like in the playoffs, and the next season he got hurt, right, and then kind of lost all of any of the chances that they had to to repeat or even win another championship uh, in the late 2000s and like early 2010s. Yeah, but I thought. Had, I, sorry, I thought one of those Clippers teams should have at least uh, got it at one one yeah, championship. Yeah, exactly. They they beat the Spurs in the first round that one year, and then they choked. Massively yeah. against Houston, and that's the Josh Josh yeah, Howard, Josh Smith, <laughs> and like the Corey Brewer game. Josh Smith, yeah, Josh, yeah, Smith. Josh yeah, Smith, yeah, Josh Smith. I don't know how they let that happen, and that was a year. I I think that was a year that Golden State won, but that was a, that was a year when they were coming up. Like even though you know they eventually won, if they had played the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, I think that's a really tough matchup for them, especially with. An older CP3, a prime Blake Blake Griffin, and who's guarding DeAndre Jordan? Uh, you know, on the other side, is it like Bogut still there? But like, it's tough. That's tough for 
a young Golden State team, and then they got lucky. Not to mention with, they had JJ Redick. Golden yeah. State ended up yeah. playing like a hobbled Cleveland team, exactly, which you can't take away from them. No, no, um, but, but that would have been that would have been like a feeding frenzy for the Clippers. Yeah. And if if the Clippers win that one championship, you don't know the uh, downstream effects of their confidence, just team camaraderie. That that could have been you know a fret, like a small dynasty if you really think about it like cp3 is still playing at such a high level six seven years later right like yeah. he's he's what is he second team all nba all-star yeah right i thought doc's best year was actually last year um when they were when uh what's his name lawrence frank was coming into our our arena <laughs> and trying to trying to scout Kawhi. um but that team that didn't have the superstar, but Montrezl Harrell started coming into his own. Um, Lou Williams had a, a really good season. Uh, Tobias Harris before he got yeah. traded. SGA. Yeah, SGA. That year, I thought that was the year that he had to coach the most. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they did a really good job because they overachieved. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good point, good point. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's just, it's, it's got to be, it, yeah, it's a good, like, it's not a, I don't think it's a good hire, but you never know. And again, we're they're playing in the East, in our division, so it's still gonna be a tough, tough game every time. So yeah, man, we shall see. We shall see. We shall what do you see. got going on tonight? Uh, probably just watch the game at home with Jackie. Got to cut some money on the game. I've been on a really bad, bad streak. Bad streak. I probably shouldn't bet, but you know. There's not that many more sports games. What are we happen. talking? What are we talking? Bad streak. Details, uh, please. So I, I bet on the Raptors the last few games against the Celtics. I lost, I think the last like three bets with the Raptors. They didn't cover, so I was betting like a hundred bucks each. So that sucked, like hundred, hundred fifty bucks. And then I bet the Lakers game, Lakers and Heat game, game three. I was I was betting the Lakers would win, and I lost there. So I'm on like a three, four game losing streak. What are you betting on? What platform? Oh, just through my buddy. I, I don't ha- I don't have access to through like... Through my buddy. What does that even mean? <laughs> so he, he has access to like a site. Oh, okay. okay. I, don't, I, I haven't signed up for a site because I'm just scared that I'm going to like, you know, when I have free time, just bet on a game when I'm, you know, I'm bored. So I don't want to do that. So yeah. I need to have like a few layers of like... There's some support programs for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on a bad streak. So, you know, I'm going to bet Lakers tonight. I think the spread is... Seven, seven and a half. Okay, so if you put 50 bucks on the Lakers tonight yeah. through this site, yeah. what are you getting in return? So you would have to pay like $55 to win 50 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have to pay. It's called the juice. It's like what the fee is to actually make a bet, and that's how much how much it is. Why, are you interested? Well, I got a Bodog account. I put forty bucks yesterday on some on Sunday on some NFL games. Oh, I had you? no idea about. I, did, I actually consulted with Kenny. Yeah, I was I was talking to Kenny the other day. And you mentioned that. That's hilarious. What game did you win though? None. What do you mean? I lost my parlay. Oh, you lost a parlay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I well I had I had the Saints. I had the Browns. Nice. I yeah. had the the Seahawks. Nice. And the Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals put, lost. You. I put forty dollars on it. I would have won five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so the Cardinals. The Cardinals killed yeah, me. Yeah, so you're three or four. And I, I didn't even want the Cardinals. I don't know why I did it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I I've been losing parlays too. I've been, I just need to stop. I've been betting like twenty, like thirty bucks on like Sunday parlays too, and haven't been winning those either. But I'm betting like five, six, seven games, like stupid parlays that I'm not really, you know, 
thinking I'm going to win, but just throwing out there like 20 bucks, you win like a thousand. Well, I told myself, like, I don't really watch football, so maybe if I put money on it, it'll make it more fun. Yeah. Wasn't the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been on Bass Rig, so hopefully Lakers can cover today. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to take advantage of the last remaining few games because I know a little more, the, more basketball than football, but yeah. Football's going to keep me going for a bit, too. If I could do it again, though, I would have done more in-game betting. In-game? In-game betting with, like, the NBA. Because you know the sport a bit more, right? Like, yeah. But, man, the bubble was weird. This, like, the, uh, a bubble is like, yeah, I'm not going to go too much into it, but the bubble is just doing everything off. Like, there's no home court advantage. You can't really consider that. Um, yeah, just the player's mentality was a little different, too. So, like, who would have thought the Heat being in the finals, right? So... Well, man, let's soak up these last couple NBA games because honestly, Adam Silver came out and said he's probably, you know, he's eyeing like a January return mm-hmm. back to the season. And, you know, hopefully now they want, they want to have fans and arenas. Now we're talking about rapid testing. We're talking about all these different layers that are so unknown that, you know, we might not see the NBA for a very long time. You know, yeah, things get worse. Uh, things are definitely not looking good down south. Yeah. Um, if anything, they could get worse. So who knows what kind of yeah. product we're going to be seeing come the new year. Exactly. Yeah, let's just enjoy the last few games. You know, we can uh, look forward to the draft and some free agent moves. Let's see what the Raptors have up their sleeves. You know, excited for that. Obviously, they're still um, a contending team. And I think if they make the right moves, they can continue to be a contending team for, for years to come. They just got to set themselves up. Um, with the right pieces and draft well. So, you know, I'm, I have all my faith in, in Masai and all those guys, but... Well, that extension has to happen soon. Yeah, I know. I know I know where this guy's got to join the UN and, you know, lead the world to, to, to peace. So <laughs> He can do it. If anyone can do it, it's that guy. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Around the League. Uh, we will do probably another recap um, after let's say the next two games, you know, maybe a championship or champion will be crowned, or maybe it will go six or seven. But you know, thanks now for joining me, and we will talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.